The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. And hello again, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel. I'm radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and co-team physician of the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. As always, we're going to talk about a number of sports injury-related topics. We also have our website. Please visit sportsmedicineweekly.com. We're back to get it going right after this on ESPN 1000. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Our producer, board operator for this show is Sean Davis. Many thanks to Felix Reyes, Eric Ostrowski for their support as well. Our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Caesar. I'm Steve Cashel. Dr. Nick Verma alongside. He is from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. He is a shoulder, knee, elbow specialist and surgeon. Subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. And uh, Dr. Verma. Now I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, golf. I love basketball. I love golf. I love baseball. But uh, the, about the only sport I can play at my age these days, I feel like, unless <laughs> when I'm playing with the kids and throwing the ball around, is golf. And um, I love it. And I want to ask you, as a uh, physician and a surgeon, um, how often you see golfers? And are you seeing them now in the wintertime? Are guys saying, girls saying, ladies saying, men saying, hey, I, maybe I need a surgery. I've been in pain all summer. But I want to wait till the end of the golf season. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, Steve, you know, golf is one of those activities that most people can do throughout their life. And so it's something that they can continue to do even as we um, age or, or sustain some injuries. And so we see it frequently. I think what we see most is, A, people coming in with golf-related injuries, which typically are the backs, the elbows, and the shoulders. Um, we see people who are timing treatment based on the golf season. So they say, I definitely don't want to interrupt the, the four or five months of good golf weather that we have here in Chicago, so I'm going to wait till October to get something done. Right. And then also the recovery from, uh, from a surgery or an, inter- or an intervention and kind of taking us through in terms of, hey, when can I start putting? When can I start chipping? When can I get back to the range? When can I play again? Yeah, well, let's bring on the next side of that, and that's uh, kind of the, post, uh, the post-op, and you go see the guys from Golf Tech. Let's bring on one of the, uh, one of the best, uh, Director of Instruction from Golf Tech in Naperville, James Stanthart, is with us on the line here on this Saturday morning. Thanks so much, James, for, for joining us. Love what you guys do at uh, Golf Tech. I want to talk a little bit about the importance of winter lessons and uh, golfers, as Dr. Verma said, coming off of medical procedures and surgery. So let's start with that, James. And you know, someone has a surgery from Dr. Verma, then they go to golf tech and say, okay, I just had a, a shoulder and elbow surgery, but I want to get back into the golf swing. James, where do you take them from there? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. And, uh, Nick, pleasure to be on with you. Um, yeah, so after one of our players has surgery, uh, typically knees, hips, shoulders we're seeing a lot of. Um, we'll run through a physical screening before we start back up, uh, just to, ensure, to make sure they're able to make all the motions we need them to make. Um and we'll ease them back into the swing typically. Uh, so we'll start with first couple lessons are short game. Uh, we'll work from 50 yards on out, uh, which kind of serves double duty as well. So it allows us to uh, hone the short game 
during the off season, typically after that uh, recovery process. And then as we work into the full swing, really easy to start applying those principles that we learn uh, with the wedges and short irons up into the rest of the set. So uh, pretty easy process in terms of uh, inroading somebody back uh, into the game. Dr. Nick, when do you give the okay? Well, you know, let's say you did an elbow surgery, you know, it's a golfer's elbow or the tennis elbow that we see. Um, do you kind of give the okay? Okay, go get lessons now. You're okay. You're ready to... Yeah, I, I think it really depends on the procedure that we're doing, Steve. And, and so if you think about a recovery time frame, there are really a couple different phases. Number one is a healing phase. So depending on what you're having done, there's just a period of time that biology is going to take for tissue to heal. And that may be different for a rotator cuff compared to, uh, for example, a golfer's elbow surgery. The second is you got to get your motion back. And if you, want, if you try to go back before you have full range of motion, as uh, I'm sure James will tell you, there's always the risk that you sustain a new injury or a- aggravate the injury that you've had. And then it's really getting back strengthening, coordination, and uh, getting back into the normal fluid motion. So once a person has uh, gone through the healing phase, they've gone through the motion recovery phase, and they're on to the strengthening phase, that's typically when we'll release them to go back and work with a qualified instructor like James. Makes sense. And uh, James Stanhart is our guest from Golf Tech. That's Dr. Nick Verma. I'm Steve Cashel at Sports Medicine Weekly. Uh, Okay, so James, with the golf season pretty much all but over in Chicagoland, and golfers hate to hear it around here, what's the best way for a golfer who wants to improve to do so before uh, next uh, season begins? Yep, so this is probably the best time of year for that, and I may be uh, one of the only golf instructors that uh, loves this time of year, especially in the Midwest. Um, This is the time where we get to work on big changes that uh, maybe are really tough to work on in the season and can sometimes set players back uh, in their progression maybe a month or two. We're not too worried about that in November, December. So we'll highlight those issues, uh, work on the cause and effect stream that the player's uh, working through, um, and help them get to their goal on the back end with, with the idea typically that by the end of March, beginning of April, we're hoping to have made those changes, um, made them ingrained so, so it's fully autonomous at that point, uh, and the player can just go out and play and have fun and, and start to ascend to a, a new level that you know uh, they set a goal of a few months back. So really love this time of year. James, you know, your focus is, is probably primarily on, on um, the golf swing analysis and improving the swing, things like grip and stance and swing planes, et cetera. But I think we've all recognized uh, even more so in the last 10 years or so how important strength and conditioning and flexibility is to, uh, to being um, at your optimum state for playing golf and playing it well. We've seen that in the, in the uh, professional ranks where guys are spending a considerable amount of time doing that, and, and the results of their games has come to show that. How much do you use um, uh I don't want to say physical therapy, but exercises and conditioning work as part of your regimen in uh, helping people improve their golf game. Yeah, no, it's a really big part in what we do. Uh, So we uh, employ a a machine called the ARX machine. It's adaptive resistance exercise. So it's actually used primarily in rehab centers and strength training centers. Uh, And it's a way for us to safely make sure that we're uh, helping players uh, build up muscle mass, build up um, stamina, uh, which helps in a number of ways. So from a golf swing standpoint, if somebody is physically fit and they're, and they're building strength, uh, we know that we can practice for an hour, two hours straight, and that last half hour is just as, as efficacious as the first half hour. So they're getting just as much out of it, and, and they're at way less of a risk of injury as well, because I'm sure, as, as you know, so as players work through changes, especially physically taxing ones, as fatigue sets in, if they still try to swing at that same pace, now we're more susceptible for injuries. So what ARX has allowed us to do is uh, help players push through barriers in terms of distance progression, uh, being able to practice more, and, and frankly, outside of golf, even just having a more robust life and, and being healthier altogether. So I have a lot of my guys, uh, especially older folks, uh, older students that come in, 
we have quite a few uh, students that are in their 60s and even one at 72 years old uh, that employ the ARX machine in their in their process every week. Uh, and I'll have them bring in their blood lipid panels uh, from their doctors. And we'll every six months we'll go through them and, and see a pretty cool uh, difference uh, in cholesterol levels, triglyceride levels, uh, VLDL levels of, of cholesterol. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty neat uh, machine for us to have. We're very lucky to have it, frankly. Um, and, and the way it's kind of changed the lives of our students has, has been pretty great to, to watch. Yeah, they do a golf tech more than just a golf swing, right? Yeah, it's great to see that uh, you're getting some physical fitness benefits out of it, too. Absolutely. James Stanhart is our guest from Golf Tech. Uh, James, talk about your technology. I know um, you guys allow your students to improve more quickly than others, and uh, you've got some new technology coming in, don't you? We do, yeah. It's a really exciting time for us. We've always, we felt like we've always been the leaders in terms of uh, technology, biofeedback technology, uh, being able to measure the golf swing, quantifying it for students. So it's a very fact-based approach that we've always held. Uh, We have new software that's being phased in right now that allows us to, to do things we've never done, like uh, measure the pressure trace of a student so we can tell where the weight's moving throughout the swing uh, in every direction. So uh, backward, forward, fore and aft, uh, where the, the balance is moving throughout the swing, that sort of thing. Um, so it helps quantify uh, lesson to lesson uh, how the student's progressing, helps describe to the student uh, the changes that we're trying to make and why they're going to be effective for them, why they're going to be beneficial. Um, and then that's just one of many changes that are that are coming as well. So it's our goal to try to stay on top uh, of the golf instruction world and, and from a technology standpoint, be able to communicate to the student uh, exactly, you know, quantifiably what's happening in the swing is kind of what we hang our hat on. James, along the lines of technology, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm a weekend hacker. I know Steve likes to play fairly frequently, <laughs> and uh, I always love getting new equipment. I always think it's going to make me so much better, and unfortunately it never seems to, do, uh, never seems mm-hmm. to, to actually improve my game. But talk to me about um, um, club fitting and custom fitting. Is that important? Do you find that uh, malfitted clubs is a, is a potential risk for injury? Do you think that uh, club fitting is important in improving performance? Where does that fit for the average golfer? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a huge part of what we do, actually. So uh, golf tech ends with TEC. The TEC stands for technique, so the swing part, the equipment, to your point about uh, getting custom fit, and the conditioning part that we just talked about with ARX. So that equipment part is a really big part of what we do on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, we have a great uh, fitting specialist in our center named Mike Rodriguez, uh, who has a huge passion for, for fitting our students into well-fit clubs. Um, when it comes to injury, we don't really typically see a whole lot of uh, injuries from malfitted clubs unless somebody's playing uh, a club, for instance, with a really heavy shaft. They're not strong enough to control it. Uh, they happen to swing uh, faster than their strength would allow. And then we start to see that golfer's elbow kick in or some left rotator cuff issues in the left shoulder. Uh, so we can see some injuries that way. And certainly we've seen some uh, instances over the years where uh, somebody goes to a much more uh, lightweight graphite shafted type club, uh, lighter grip, lighter head, even club head, um, and all those issues go away and gives them kind of a new lease on life. Uh, but from our perspective, it's our philosophy that if you're taught well, so if you understand the technique and the swing, the clubs fit you well. And then we're staying on top of the conditioning part as well. You'll play your best golf. And, and we have uh, student after student over the years that I could cite that uh, have gone through all three of those phases with us, and they're playing the best golf they've ever played. So, But yet, to your point, the, the equipment part is a huge part of what we do. And uh, every student that comes in for their evaluation process that first session, we're making sure we're looking in the bag, talking through what co- clubs they're playing, what are their favorite clubs, where are the gaps of distances, that sort of thing. Uh, and approaching that typically in the first months uh, of our relationship with that student, we're making sure we try to tackle those clubs and make them as well fit as possible. 
Great stuff, James. Before we let you go, again, it's golftech, G-O-L-F-T-E-C.com. They do an amazing job with uh, golf instruction. Uh, how many golf techs are there around the uh, Chicago area, and what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, we have six in the Chicagoland area. Uh, we're the furthest southwest, and we've also got one close to us in Oak Brook. Uh, easiest way to get a hold of us is give us a call. Uh, we've got seven coaches in our center, myself included. Um, our number over in uh, Naperville is 630-579-9390. Uh, again, this is a great time of year. Uh, it's starting to get pretty busy right now. The folks who really understand the process are getting in in droves. Uh, but it's a really exciting time in the center, so uh, some newcomers are always welcome. Yeah, James has been teaching lessons for 14 years. He's taught well over 20,000 golf lessons. James Standhart from Golf Tech in Naperville, golftech.com is the website. Great stuff, James. Uh, appreciate it. We'll see you soon, okay? Thanks, James. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. All righty. And back with more of our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, after these messages on ESPN Radio. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-Day Transformation Wellness Bag containing MCT Lean Vegan protein blend, fat-burning MCT lean MCT oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmalkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I've been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. 
Net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the LiveActiveNow.org fund. To access prior shows, interviews, and valuable resources on sports, injury, and fitness, please visit our blog at smwhome.net or sportsmedicineweekly.com. That's also our website. I'm Steve Cashel, Dr. Nick Verma. With me alongside, sitting in this week for Dr. Brian Cole. It is Sports Medicine Weekly, and uh, we're going to talk about the uh, winter sports injuries, Dr. Verma. You, you uh, as active as a Dr. Brian Cole with uh, taking on the, the world in, uh, in winter sports? Yeah, not quite, not quite as avid a skier as Dr. Cole, but this topic hits home uh, for me. I actually broke my wrist skiing with Dr. Cole. And, uh, had How did that happen? Away from practice. You know, um, I, honestly, I think it was uh, not being comfortable on the uh, rental equipment. And so I think that's maybe something that uh, Dr. Bruni can talk about in terms of making sure you've got the proper equipment to be safe. But just fell awkwardly, landed on my wrist, ended up with a wrist fracture, and, and, and uh, fortunately didn't need any surgery, but really took me away from practice, uh, surgical practice at least for three, four weeks. Wow, so you got two doctors on the slopes, and you suffer a broken bone. Uh, how is it diagnosed with two doctors there? Um, we look at the wrist, my wrist starts to swell. It looks like it's abnormal. We say, damn, you broke your wrist. <laughs> Is that right? Your assessment or Dr. Cole's or both of you? I think we put our heads together and came up with a common diagnosis. Oh, was that the end of the vacation? Um, it was almost towards the end. So fortunately we were there for a meeting. Skiing was just the, uh, sideline event. Uh, but I certainly didn't ski the rest of it. Oh man. You mentioned Dr. Bruni. She is with us in studio. This is Dr. Julie Bruni. Um, the uh, sports and medicine shoulder specialist, assistant professor, Rush University Medical Center, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And Dr. Bruni, thanks for being in studio with us. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So um, I know that uh, I haven't skied in so long. The last time I skied, believe it or not, um, no one wore a helmet, I don't think. Right. Maybe the little kids did. Yeah. But now you should wear a helmet, right? Oh, absolutely. And while we know with, with skiing or any other sports that there's no... There's no helmet that's proven to prevent like concussion injury. What you're trying to prevent is is traumatic brain injury and skull fractures, which are obviously two very important um, injuries. So it's really important, and I think that you know, especially kids under the age of 18, I think are required at most uh, at most ski resorts to uh, to wear a helmet. Um, I think uh, adults and other ones, you, it's a choice, but I think it's a very wise choice to make. Uh, you know, obviously your, your brain is a very important organ in our body and we want to protect it. And, uh, now, you know, when I've gone out skiing recently, I was out in Breckenridge with my husband. Um, I, I don't think I saw almost anybody without a helmet, maybe some of the, the old pros, but, uh, the, the old school guys, but otherwise, uh, pretty much every single person is wearing a helmet. And a lot of people like to wear like their GoPro cams and everything on top of it. So they make fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What are some of the, uh, most common injuries that, uh, you two, Dr. Verma, Dr. Bruni C. with uh, with skiing. Yeah, so I mean, being in Chicago and we're we're in a re relatively flat area. Uh, Dr. Verma, I think you'd agree you're probably ending up seeing these people once they've come back from their from their trips to wherever. Um, so usually they've been triaged by some type of um, you know mountain or ski medicine uh, clinic. Uh, that are typically at, at the each one of the resorts. There's usually several of them who are treating uh, both injuries and illnesses related to altitude illness or hypothermia, um, but by the time I'm usually seeing them in the office, they may be a few days out or a week out from their injury. Um, I see a lot of folks, especially those who um, may not know the correct way to fall, uh, either when you're on skis or on a snowboard, uh, with a lot of you know bracing injuries of the upper extremity, including rotator cuff tears, shoulder dislocations, shoulder separations. 
uh, see a fair share of that. Um, see a lot of lumbar, back strains, sprains, um, those types of things where you can kind of easily rehab people through. So I see a lot of surgical and non-surgical um, some injuries. Uh, I've actually seen my fair share of ACL ruptures um, from skiing and snowboarding injuries just based on kind of digging into the, the snow, depending on the quality of the snow, uh, can give you that, that traction, that hard stop that the ACL might be the first thing to give. So I've seen a few of those as well. Yeah, it's interesting, Steve. You know, there's a difference in terms of what we see. The ski injuries are primarily the lower extremity um, injuries when they occur as a result of a twisting mechanism. So the ACL that Julie talked about is the most common. And then we also see some direct falls onto the side, so shoulder fractures and dislocations. In snowboarding, we don't see a lot of ski injuries because they're actually locked into the boots, which are locked into the board. So you don't see that twisting mechanism. But unfortunately, as anybody who's learned to snowboard will tell you, what we do see is that is the falls onto the arms as they go forward or backwards. And so snowboards are, are wrist fracture makers, unfortunately. That's, that's probably the most common injury we see in snowboarders. This is Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Nick Verma is with us. Dr. Julie Bruni's alongside our guest this morning from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush as well. I'm Steve Cashel. The website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. We're talking about preventing winter sports injuries. So how do we avoid these injuries that you two bring up? What's the best way, do you think, of preventing them? Right. Well, if you're looking, you know, a lot of these injuries are preventable. And the, the conditions or illnesses that can go with it, like hypothermia or like altitude sickness, are, are certainly preventable as well. Um, let's just start with, with cold uh, protection, which be wearing lots of light, loose layers. Um, you're gonna, there's going to be times on the slopes where you're warm and you're hot. There's going to be times when you're freezing. So you want to have a lot of options about what you're wearing. Um, and certainly uh, materials that can wick the sweat away from you because that can make you even colder than you would think you would be. Um, you have to make sure that your equipment is, is uh, fitting you appropriately, that you're either, I mean, personally, I haven't purchased my own ski and snowboard equipment because I don't do it enough, probably, to, to merit that. But, um, you know, you always want to go to a reputable place if you are renting, um, that you're speaking with someone who knows how to fit you appropriately for your size and your weight and for what type of skier you are if you're a novice or if you're a little bit more advanced. Um, you know, a lot of the times what we see are uh, more frequently people are um, injuring themselves on kind of their last run of the day. Um, you know, maybe this is their last day uh, where they have their ski pass, um, and, you know, sun's going down, they want to get that one last one in there, but they're tired, they're fatigued, they're cold, but they may think, you know, I just did want to do this one last one, and I feel like that's almost every story I've ever heard from someone who's come in and had a ski or snowboarding injury was, I wish I just would have gone back to the lodge and, you know, put my feet up and gone in the hot tub and had a beverage. So uh, sometimes that's the, that's, you know, the better option to, to choose in those situations. And then, you know, the main thing is, is just making sure that skiing and snowboarding are not your only uh, athletic activities. I mean, making sure that, you know, if you can make sure you're sort of fit enough for, for this type of activity, because it's really strenuous. Um, and so, you know, if any type of other cross training or, or just regular exercise, keeping up with it, stretching beforehand is, is super important, just like any other sport. It is. I always say, you know, I always relate everything to golf and I always say, you got to get in golf shape. People laugh at me, but I do. I mean, when I play those first 18 holes in the spring, I am sore. Mm -hmm. I mean, my fingers hurt and my back hurts. And, you know, I say, you got to get in the golf shape. They laugh, but I, I think it's true and probably skiing as well, right? Absolutely. Julie, you know, one of the things that, that can ruin a ski vacation pretty quickly is altitude-related sickness or just not feeling good. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about some easy tips to help try to minimize the symptoms as we change altitude, particularly from people who live here in Chicago? 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I've had I've run in with a couple of these before, and it can go from simple uh, acute mountain mountain sickness where you're just not feeling well. A lot of people um, say you know that they just have general sluggishness. They'll have headaches. They just won't feel well. Um, so definitely, we would tell people try to let themselves acclimate a, a couple of days uh, before you decide to start skiing up at high altitude or or snowboarding. Um, and so, you know, we usually tell people don't just don't try not to ski or snowboard the same day that you're arriving to this higher altitude place. Um, there's other there's different medications that uh, doctors can prescribe to help prevent the um, uh, the symptoms of altitude illness. Um, but certainly, it can turn into an actual crisis if people don't follow the right guidelines uh, and go straight up to altitude, um, where it can cause dangerous things like brain swelling. Um, People really, uh, the only treatment is to get them down off the altitude off the mountain as, as quickly as possible and administer oxygen and other medications. But um, but I think a lot of people will just have those those general, those first couple of days of just not, not feeling very well, a little bit of headache. Some people uh, akin it to a hangover. <laughs> yeah, so hydration and limiting the alcohol really helps with that 100%, too. absolutely, which is sometimes hard to do if you're on vacation having fun, but definitely m- maintaining good hydration is a huge, huge part of it. Our guest, uh, Dr. Julie Bruni from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Final question: uh, I know the uh, parents love to take the kids sledding, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what do we What do we suggest there for the parents and the kids when they're hitting those uh, kind of bunny hills and uh, small slopes outside their houses? Oh, absolutely. Well, you want to make sure you're using the right equipment. I mean, I feel like back in the day we just used you know garbage can lids, and that was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want you want your kids or you whoever's participating. You definitely want to be sledding in a um, in a forward-facing position, not sledding on your stomach. You have a lot more control over the sled um, and where you're going if you're not laying you know, on your stomach. Um, using only designated sledding hills that are supposed to be for sledding as opposed to you know, the old Mount Trashmore that, uh, that just got covered in snow. So uh, a lot of the Chicago Park District and, and in the other, um, you know, in the suburbs have designated snow hills that are considered safe. Um, if you can get a sled with a runner and a steering mechanism, that's probably the most important. Uh, so that you or your kids can actually control where you're going to kind of get away of the other sledders that might be having fun or any other obstacles that are in the way. Um, and uh, kids younger than 12 really shouldn't be sledding without the supervision of adults. Um, and then uh, children younger than 12, or really I'd say any child, should be wearing a helmet when they're sledding. It can be dangerous. I mean, oh, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen these big adults, you know, with the little kids, and, mm-hmm. the, and you're out of control, mm-hmm. and you hit a little person, there's no way to avoid it, right? And you're going fast, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So interesting stuff. We're out of time. Thanks so much, Dr. Julie Bruni, for joining us here from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thanks for coming in the studio and sharing with us. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. It's great. All right, back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages on ESPN Radio. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art healthcare services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is... 
falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy, better for everybody. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator, producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole for operating our website and doing our business side of Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.